Welcome to Truth Well Spoken, the official podcast for McCann Health and an opportunity to connect across disciplines, companies, and countries in our mutual pursuit of endless truth-seeking. I'm your host, Matt Silver, and to introduce our topic for Episode 9, we are once again bringing back Truth Well Spoken's fabled strategist, Steve Hoffman. Steve, tell us about this interview. <laughs> I think my description gets a little more robust every time, but thanks for that, Matt, and welcome back to the podcast, everyone. In this episode, we had Mike Knuckles, who's a creative director here at McCann Health, New Jersey, interviewing uh, Matt Eastwood, who is our chief creative officer. They got into a really rich discussion about uh, Matt's background, his perspective on consumer versus healthcare work, and sort of his journey from consumer into healthcare. Um, and then from there, they started talking a little bit more about what it takes to actually win an award and what the behind the scenes looks like at an award show, how judging works and things like that. Um, they also talked a lot about talent versus passion and the importance of being able to stand up for your work, whether that's with a client or at an award show. Um, and finally, Matt shared a story about how a campaign that the client hated went on to being an award-winning piece of work at multiple shows and really changed the client's perspective on that campaign. So a, a great episode all around. We're really excited to dive into this one. So without further ado, let's do it. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. Uh, my name is Mike Knuckles. I'm a creative director at McCann Health New Jersey, and I am really excited uh, to get to interview my boss's boss, uh, Matt Eastwood. <laughs> Hi, Matt. Hi, Mike. Nice to be here. Yeah, I've never heard myself referred to as my boss's boss. That's fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this better be good for me. Uh, <laughs> um, anyways, Matt, so let, just to, to start out, um, can you just, you're the global chief creative officer at McCann Health. Um, and just to warm it up, uh, how, how'd you get into creative? And, and just, can you give everybody a little you know, yeah, absolutely. So um, I, I've been, uh, I started out uh, when I was like 20 and I did a, actually did my degree in graphic design, majoring in advertising and planned to be an art director. And, uh, and but the very first job I got because I couldn't get a job as an art director was as a copywriter. So uh, I then ended up being a copywriter for the rest of my career. Um, originally from Australia and, um, you know, lived in Perth, which is where I grew up and uh, worked in Sydney and Melbourne, spent some time working in London and eventually landed here in New York about 13 years ago. Um, and I spent most of my career, pretty much all of it, uh, in consumer advertising until maybe two and a half, three years ago uh, when I was approached by John Cahill to take on this role. And, you know, for me, I, I looked at health and saw it as the absolute kind of future of where advertising was moving and marketing. And, and I think, um, you know, it sort of happened at a time in uh, my life when I was looking for much more purpose out of the work I do. And um, that sort of seemed to be quite timely. So, uh, yes, yeah, so I've been working in health for two or three years now and absolutely loving it. Very cool. How what, what do you what do you say in terms of the creativity? A lot of a lot of consumer folks say it's not, you know, health is not as creative or, you know, there's a lot of pining from health people who work in <laughs> well, you know, commercials I mean, and stuff. Yeah. You know, I mean, I've, I've worked in a lot of big agencies. 
And I think the best of the best is equal to the best of the best in consumer. Uh, and the, the crap is the same as the crap. <laughs> like, I think, you know, that's, uh, it's true of all advertising. And, you know, you know, go to any agency and there's a percentage of work that's like, yeah, you know, that's pretty average. And, you know, we've all watched television and listened to, you know, uh, radio, et cetera. And there's a lot of average advertising on there. Yeah. Um, and same is true in health. But, you know, the best stuff is is great and you know we we see it winning grand prix at can as any other stuff does so yeah. uh you know I, I think that's it's sort of a misnomer a little bit i think and and I, the thing i found when i moved into health is everyone kept saying to me oh you're going to be doing those uh this drug may cause blah 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 yeah, blah, yeah, yeah. i'm like oh my god there's so much more out there than that <laughs> so people hate those ads i think and not all of them but they hate the bad ones but um yeah i think uh i think there's there's so much more creativity in health than than people are aware of i think that's cool um all right so uh we want to talk about awards in a lot of different uh angles of it um i want to talk about your experience as a judge your experience as the president of a jury uh and then i want to talk a little bit about how you know how you choose what to submit and uh for mccann health and then i want to talk about some of our greatest hits uh, this year, the you know we're doing some really beautiful stuff that's winning awards. So perfect, sounds good. Um, so so first off, uh, just I, the way I was thinking of it is, you know, um, people listen to this podcast. You know, you submit your awards and they disappear into the ether, and then a couple months back you hear back, and it's sort of a you know no one no one knows what's going on behind there. So what as a as a judge what. Uh, can you just tell people sort of what, what's happening? What, 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 what happens next? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's the last couple of years, of course, have been completely different because it's been totally virtual. And in the, in the previous years, there'd usually be a virtual round and then the jury would get together. Um, that's my dog. Sorry. <laughs> the jury would get together to discuss the, um, uh, the work in person, and we haven't been able to do that. But basically, what happens is, um, uh, you know, we we uh, online usually. Uh, so let's take Can as an example. So yeah. in uh, uh, in the health and wellness category, uh, you know, there were probably I think three and a half thousand entries worldwide. And what they do is they break the jury. There's there's twelve jurors. They break the jury into three groups. And each group watches a third of those commercials or, or those those entries, um, and from that scores them like, is it a is it possibly a shortlist? Is it definitely a shortlist, or is it you think it will be a winner, or is it not or is it not a shortlist at all? So you sort of give it those score, and then from that that takes a couple of weeks, um, and then you end up with a shortlist of the stuff, and basically the top uh, it's about. At that point, it's about the top 20%, 23, yep. 24% um, uh, gets shortlisted. And then you kind of do it all again. Um, and this this time you do it face-to-face uh, face to face normally, or in this case, we've been doing it over Zoom, et cetera. Um, and then you'll go through and score that work again. And in the end, they're looking – well, you end up with about probably 13% of the work that was entered – uh, ends up getting uh, awarded, so you know it cut. That's a big cut down uh, over a, over a, you know different stages, and and particularly when you talk about the golds or the grand prix or you know the really big awards, uh, you know there's some heavy conversation and people bringing different. You're allowed to discuss 
the work. You're not allowed to discuss your own work. You have to leave the room if it's something from your agency. But there's some pretty heavy conversation around, you know, it's everything from it doesn't feel original enough or it's a great idea, but it doesn't feel crafted well or, you know, whatever it might be. So, you know, that that part there is like kind of getting through, uh, you know, a, a barbed wire fence and climbing over the top and being successful on the other side. It's tough. Yeah. I mean, it's hard enough to judge just, uh, you know, I think it's just judging, you know, initial rounds of concepts. I can't imagine, uh, you know, the debate and discussion that must happen there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, especially, you know, when, when there are so many entries that you're seeing that that's when you realize the importance of clarity in the way that you uh, submit your entry and storytelling is so important Yeah. because, you know, if it's a, if it's a great idea, but the story is badly told, it can easily sort of fall by the wayside of the jurors and, you know, unless somebody sort of sees something in it that isn't coming across well, you know, it, that can be the end of it. So uh, you've really got to be, it's it's very exact and precise in terms of the way this t- you tell the story to stand out amongst that much work, you know. And yeah. and generally, people don't enter crap into award shows. So it's all pretty good, you know. It's not like... <laughs> Uh, it's not like a Saturday afternoon sitting down watching television. It's a much better quality or, or to start with. Right, right. Huh. I I found I I judged my first. Uh, you know, I was on my first jury this year, and I found just the volume overwhelming yeah. to the point where I I was honestly partly just looking for short, quick stories instead of <laughs> you know I don't want to spend five minutes figuring out what the problem and the solution is. Yeah. Yeah, it's so true. There's kind of a rule, you know, p- case studies have to be two minutes. That's the rule. But yeah. there is a sort of a rule of thumb that if you don't grab the jurors in the first sort of 20 to 30 seconds, yeah. they don't necessarily, they're not going to give you the rest of the time to watch the whole case study. So, you know, I'm constantly saying to people, don't, don't kind of hide your story, like just come out and say it up front and then elaborate on it, which as you, as you know, because you're looking at so much stuff, you know, you, you don't have the time to uh, look at every single thing in such detail and look for what mistakes they might have made. And, oh, is there a better thing in there? You know, especially yeah. when you're judging three and a half thousand pieces of work. It's right. days of work, you know. Oof. Um, so tell me, put take me inside that room then. I'm fascinated by that, the, the debate that's going on. Is there, you know... It, are you shocked by the difference of opinion among other, you know, jurors or are there, um, you know, or are you generally pretty aligned or, you know, it's, it's, uh, no, like it's the, the scary thing is, I mean, and, and look, luckily having sat, uh, as a president of juries multiple times, you know, and, and, in, you know, I've done a couple of, uh, times in Cannes, you do get to see as the president of the jury, you get to see, the scores of what each juror right. is voting, et cetera. And it's so interesting that, you know, sometimes someone will give something an eight or a nine and another juror will give it a two. And you're like, how is that possible? <laughs> how, how can there be such a difference in opinion? But I guess it comes down to sort of cultural relevance to, you know, history of what you've, what you've seen before, what you haven't seen. Um, you know, humour is very subjective and different by country. So if it's humour, then maybe what resonates in uh, the UK doesn't resonate in the US. So there, there is, is not, it's not like an obvious alignment. Although having said that, uh, you know, sometimes I, I've sat on juries and, you know, when it comes down to choosing the Grand Prix, it kind of chooses itself. You're like, it's so yeah. obviously that piece of work. But that's when you've got to the end of a big, long, you know, two-day debate. Um, 
So, yeah, it's it's interesting. I mean, you're not allowed to say things out loud like, oh, I've seen this before or this is a ripoff of that or this feels like a scam because obviously if you say – once you say something like that out loud – it influences the other jurors. So, ah, if, uh, yeah, which is interesting. So, if you have a if you have an opinion like that, you have to quietly go and talk to the president of the jury and say, "Look, I feel like this is exactly the same as a piece I saw last year, or whatever it might be." And oh, they will go and investigate and come back with a point of view. Because, yeah, you just sort of once you poison the well, you know, it's very hard to come back from that. Yep. Um, yeah. So, uh, you know, which doesn't mean the debate isn't feisty it definitely is yeah um but uh yeah it's it's just very interesting and look what i love is that as the juries have got more diverse because there's no doubt you know 10 years ago a lot of the juries were just all men and one woman or but as yeah. they've diversified in terms of uh gender and race and you know that you're getting more uh points of view of of, of different influence which i think has helped you know find better work that's more relevant across multiple more audiences so that's been a very good thing that a lot of the award shows have been championing. I think that's really interesting. Has has your experience with that diversity and that exposure to that has that affected how you look at work back? You know, in your day job at 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 uh, McCann Health. Yeah, definitely. I mean, because uh, I think um, you know there there was it was funny. I I spent four years working in London. You know. Uh, probably 15 years ago now. And uh, it was very interesting that uh, the British advertising at that point wasn't really into emotion. Like they they did, didn't do emotional advertising. They did clever, witty, funny, sort of smart alecky kind of work. So emotional work what well, just wasn't resonating with the British judges. But I think, uh, you know, when you uh, bring, say, more women onto a jury which not saying that women are emotional but maybe they respond better to emotional work rather than smart aleck work or whatever right. it might be it changes it um and so i think that's that's been one of the big things is that different types of work have been uh, awarded um and i think because i've been in those debates now it definitely it's it's like knowledge that you gain that stays with you as you do your day job, you know, as, as I'm sure you did from your uh, jury experience. Like you see uh, how important it is to, you know, speak to the very, you know, variety of audiences and yeah. speak with clarity and all of that sort of stuff. So it, it it's a it's a really valuable experience that definitely makes you better at the job we do back at the oh. office made me want to raise my game yeah. i was like oh my gosh look at this uh, like i gotta i gotta step it up here you know and i hate i hate it when you're on a jury and <laughs> you've got none of your own work in there and it's just like you're watching everyone else celebrate and all the other jurors are like oh this is mine i have to leave the room and you're like oh. uh, so there's no nothing more to put pressure on you than being on a jury going all right i need to get my act together and we need to get some work in here next year yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, that that wasn't the case this year. Like I, my experience, like I'm, I'm looking at the list of some of our, our, you know, our greatest hits this year, and it was terrific because I I saw them in my the jury. I was. Yeah. Talking. You you want to talk a little bit about that, and we'll you know we'll kind of yeah it. yeah. I mean, this has been you know uh, just a, a banner year for us in terms of awards. Um, you know, we've 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 certainly had a a couple of like real high. Uh, pieces of work that have won everywhere but i think what i'm also 
thrilled about is, uh, you know, we, we've got we work across multiple clients, across multiple agencies across the world that is, um, that is winning. You know, I'm, I'm not sure if you saw uh, beginning of last week, um, the Cannes um, uh, Creativity Report came out. And so the top 10 health agencies, four of them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, four of them were um, McCann yeah. Health. Oh, and, terrific. You know, to me, yeah, we that, were number that, nine in New Jersey. Yeah, and I'm like, bravo. Yeah. And it was amazing, you know, and I think to me that's uh, that's that kind of consistency across the whole network. You know, I always say to people I want our, our, every agency to be as good as our best agency, and that's been sort of my goal. Um, and and so that was that was a really great result that, you know, said it's not just one group of people or one client or one agency doing great work. It's it's across the board. And I think, you know, we've all contributed that as a network um, with that sort of passion to do. You know, I, 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 I don't, interestingly, I don't really talk about award-winning work. I talk about famous work. Like, you know, to, we set yeah. out to do famous work um, because I think famous work then wins awards. If you set out to do award-winning work, it's kind of a bit insular. But oh, do something, you know, yeah, do do something famous, and then then it will be awarded. Um, so yeah, it's been you know it's been a great year, and 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 uh, you know obviously like the unfinished votes has been uh, an incredible piece of work oh, for us. You know, it's just uh, you know I mean I, I again I must have seen that hundreds of times, but it's still shakes me every time you know, it's, it's, yeah it's just incredible um but the great news is that you know it's it's not just uh psa advertising that's winning it's novartis it's you know Miram. it's like it's all different brands uh it's client work you know so i i'm really pleased that uh it's it's you know it's the real day-to-day stuff that's winning awards as well which is you know says a lot about the people creating the work yeah matt matt when you're when you're in your, you know, in your role as the global uh, chief creative officer, are you when you're evaluating work, are you are you shooting for like, OK, famous or not? Famous? Like what what where, where do awards where are they in your sort of creative filter for judging and pushing work? I'm, I'm yeah. curious, you know. I mean, I think the thing for me is, like, I, I guess I've been uh, involved in awards and judging and looking at them, you know, for t- for 20 years, like, I mean, for a long time. Yeah. That it's sort of, it almost becomes, it becomes the bar by which I judge all the work. Uh-huh. You know, I, I, I sort of almost can't help myself going, is it as good as that? Can it be better than that? Yeah. So, so it's not like I'm looking at a piece of work going, oh, is this an award winner? But I'm looking at it and comparing it to 20 years of award-winning work that I've seen and going, is it better than some of the work I've seen? And that's sort of what keeps pushing me. And, um, you know, I think I'm, a, I, I'm all about sort of uh, kind of looking at the idea at the start and going, how can we – uh, make it better how can we strip it back to just the essentials how can we make sure that it looks beautiful how can we make sure we, we invest in the craft and all of those things so yeah. there's you know there's a lot of as you know there's a lot of decisions you make along the way that affect the outcome i think have you do you ever see an idea and go oh boy that one's going to be famous you know like and immediately lock onto it or i um, do yeah. yeah it's funny it's happened to me i mean to use our own example, yeah, uh, you know, un, uh, unfinished votes. When I first uh, saw that idea, I was, uh, I said to the guys, like, if we get this right, this could be a Grand Prix. 
and and you know you never know. I mean, you you know you're sort of putting your finger up in the air and seeing which way the wind blows. Uh, but obviously that went on to happen. And the other yeah. time that I felt like uh, so I uh, when I was at JWT, I uh, uh, did a piece of work called the next Rembrandt. And that was exactly the same. Like when I first, which was, I, I don't know if you've ever seen it, but it was about um, yeah. what if we, we, we basically, we were uh, for um, ING Bank, they were sponsoring a Rembrandt exhibition in Amsterdam. Yeah. And we scanned every piece of Rembrandt's work and then using AI taught a computer to paint and asked it to paint what Rembrandt would have painted oh, next. No yeah, so, and it was, uh, and I saw that. I mean, you could even just me describing to you, you're like, oh, wow, yeah, it's a great idea. And I saw that idea, and I was like, oh man, this could be a Grand Prix. Like, this yeah. is such a big idea. Um, and we worked on it for two years, and yeah, right. You know, we had ups and downs, and you know, we, um, but it was. I, I kind of had a sense inside that this could be amazing if we get it right. And uh, so, yeah, sometimes you you do know. Um, and then, you know, some, there's, sometimes there's those, you know, happy surprises that happen along the way. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's interesting to me how much tenacity, it, you know, there's there's the initial creativity of coming up with a great idea. But then, the, you know, and, and the, the unfinished voice voice is a, a, a great example of that like it, you know, the dedication and the, the just relentless. Uh, the, the, yeah. Happen, yeah. You know, it's it, it's it's pretty astonishing. And, that, and I think to me, you know, it's uh, I, I did a speech at Cannes a few years ago, uh, which was titled Passion Trumps Talent. And mm. that was really the premise of it, because talented people can give up too early, but passionate people will just ride it to the end. Um, and that's the difference. Like, you know, you you can have a great idea, but if the client rejects it and, and it doesn't like it, then you know, some people just go, all right, well, next, you know, yeah, yeah. Like, all right, let's, we re let's rework it. Let's resell it. Let's find another way and, and keep it going and keep it going. Mm -hmm. um, and to me, that, that's why passion is so important because, you know, we're, we're in the business of knockbacks. You know, that's, that's what happens. Um, and if you let that kind of dictate the, the work that we put out there, um, then, you know, you're never going to get great work out. So I think that's, to your to your point, it's that tenacity that just to keep pushing and pushing that uh, that differentiates between good and great. I think. Yeah, yeah. It, it, well, I I've given up plenty. You know what I mean. <laughs> and uh, and uh, but I but it also been a few times when I didn't, and it, and I it it's it's been wonderful. Yeah, and I think clients want that. They want that belief from you. You know, yeah. a lot of times I think clients are sort of not not testing us, but they want to see. They want us to kind of really put our, uh, you know, passion behind an idea and believe in it yeah. so that they're convinced about it as well. Yeah. So, but well, if we kind of walk away, then they're like, well, maybe they didn't yeah. love it that much. Yeah, yeah. And they, and they I, I think sometimes we give the clients, like the clients trust our expertise as yeah. much as yeah. we, you know, they, they're the client and they're the expert, but we're also the expert in marketing. And, and sometimes if we are so insistent on an idea i think they you know it, it can overcome some of their insecurities and and yeah, uh, true you know and and it pays off for them when they when they go with the big ones so well i, I had a funny uh meeting with uh one of our biggest global clients i won't say which because i'm not allowed but yep. uh when i first started and you know I, I obviously i'm australian you can tell by my accent and australians are pretty direct and you know not in a rude way but you know we will call a spade a spade and yeah but, 
the client in this meeting, we're presenting the work, um, said, you know, said, well, what do, what do we, what do you think if we did this to the idea? Um, and, it, and it was a ridiculous suggestion. <laughs> uh, and, and I just said, like, spontaneously, I said, oh, God, that's a terrible idea. And the whole room kind of went, oh, <laughs> what? Like, like, we're in this together. Why would I tell you it's not a terrible idea if it's a terrible idea? So uh, so I think, yeah, they sort of, I think we, we have permission to have those conversations because we are experts. Yeah. You know, obviously, there is, everyone's got a point of view, but we, we should stand up for our work and our point of view often. Yeah. It, it's interesting because the the one of the things that I you know personally won the most awards on was a website, uh, and it was a junior client who, you know, we pitched him a big idea and God bless him he went with it and trusted us and got more money and you know everyone in the the, the brand team was kind of giving him the stink eye and sort of almost expecting him to fail and it when it won, um, it was just such a testament to to that trust and and yeah. Uh, you know, it, it was, but we, everybody had to push both him and us. And it was, it was really worth it, but boy, yeah. a lot of work and, and, uh, and he needed it. He, he wanted to be pushed and yeah, and, exactly. Uh, you know, it was, it's terrific. It, you really need to, you know, you need that trust there too, to, to tell people their ideas are terrible. Yeah, exactly. Um, and we, and we don't do that often enough. I think we're, we're sort of, you know, I don't think we have to be <laughs> impolite, but we're very polite. And, you know, it's like, oh, well, let us go back and talk to the team about that. And it's like, yeah. when we know already, it's a silly idea. So let's just <laughs> say it and move. I'm, I'm going to take it your word if uh, you get some fine complaints coming out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm going to get a call tomorrow going, who's this Mikey Knuckles guy? <laughs> <laughs> I know. Oh, man. Um, so tell me about the bread exam. How did oh, that yeah. come to pass? And that I, I that was on one of the I, like the minute I saw it, I was like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, that's that is again a beautiful piece of work, and what I love about it, and and I what I love about a lot of the work that I think we're doing globally now is is the cultural insight and relevance yes. of that idea. You know, it's just like it's totally built out of that culture, and it could only work in that Muslim culture, and you know, which I think is 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 what re makes it resonate so much i think but yeah that was um it was an idea that kind of a, a quite a big collaboration between uh the offices in dubai um in paris in london um all getting together at their uh, clc which is you know their creative uh, leadership council meeting um and i think it was paris originally had the thought and yeah. then everyone started building it together oh. um and you know that's and you saw where it ended up and you know it was uh, it's just a beautiful uh it's interesting as well because originally it was uh it was only designed to run in lebanon but i think what we realized quite quickly is that you know there are muslim cultures all around the world and they're yeah. all suffering from this same problem so we can do this um and and we can you know it's as relevant to uh, the muslim community in the uk as it is in germany as it is in paris etc so you know it ended up being a global piece of work yeah. that started out as a smaller piece of work but oh, yeah what a simple idea that i mean the minute i saw it i was like oh my god that's so simple and so brilliant and so well and also in a category uh, like you know i mean doing work for breast examination like yeah. it's not like we haven't seen great work for that right, before right. Good call. you know 
So uh, it's hard to do something and not sort of face up, come face to face with a cynical jury, jury who's like, yeah, come on, we've seen like five different things, you know. So it, to beat that as well, I think, uh, it, you know, it's it's tough, but it definitely stood out even even amongst all that great work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Matt, so how do you, so it, how do you decide what goes and what doesn't go? Like what, you know, it, 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 we're going to submit a bunch of stuff to juries, obviously, um, and award shows, and you're the, you know, you're the judge on what goes and what doesn't go. Like what, what, how do you make those decisions? What, how do you? Yeah. Well, I try, I, I definitely, I don't try to be sort of the dictator and say it's only my opinion. So I'll take the work to, uh, you know, we, we have our creative leadership council and there's about, uh, probably 16, 17 people on that from around the, the world um and the work usually goes to that group first right and we talk about it um and and i can you know listen in and get points of view from different people um and if it's you know if it's not resonating with that group if everyone's like yeah it's okay you know then generally we sort of agree well maybe it's not worth uh you know and sometimes it's uh you know i see stuff that might be relevant say i see stuff in china that might be relevant for a chinese award show but not necessarily an international award show because the insight doesn't translate globally um so i'll say like it's a great idea just enter it regionally because you know that's that's where it'll resonate but it's not going to resonate in can because a german juror isn't going to understand that chinese insight or whatever it might be um and then you know uh, and then i'll um you know, I, I think because I've I've just spent so much time judging those shows, I've got a yeah. pretty good sense of what what wins. You know, not always right, obviously, but uh, yeah. um, and then I'll kind of hone in on uh, on the work that I think is going to do the best, and then just uh, and quite often I think one of the one of the sort of um, unique things about McCann Health is is our cross agency collaboration. So a lot of the best work we've been doing this year is a collaboration between two or three of our agencies you know it's uh it's kind of amazing um and so sometimes i'll bring in you know like obviously your very own bruno is a wonderful art director and and just has a great sense of style and taste so you know quite often i'll tap bruno on the shoulder and say hey bruno there's a great idea here but it kind of looks terrible so can you (laughs) can you work with the team and help them make it better or whatever it might be Um, and i'll do that uh you know for all the way along sort of for case studies and things like that so because you know ultimately even in the case study the the, the, the typography's got to be good and the way it's filmed is right. got to be good and all that sort of you know because that, that's a whole other kettle of fish sure uh, so uh, yeah there's there's a lot of there's a lot of kind of detail along the way that you've got to get right and I, I will generally sort of tap into different people across the network who are great at whatever it might be we're doing and ask them to help each other. And I, and I love that about McCann Health because it's just very like, you know, a rising tide lifts all boats. You know, yeah. if, if one does well, we all do well. Yeah. Yeah, it's really interesting about the culture for sure. Um, and I, you know, Bruno's always either, <laughs> well, I've seen it in action a bunch and it's, it's, it's pretty amazing to watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's, you know, I mean, he has the energy of a man half his age. I don't know how he does it, but, oh but he's just—he's just like happy to jump in on anything, and is, you know, I'll of course I'll, he'll help make it better, which is brilliant. yeah. Oh my god! Well, and he also does it, and I, I, you know, I, I think 
this is uh, a, a, a lot of good creative directors are this way. He he will trash my work. You know, I'll leave. I have to redo the headline, the visual, the <laughs> idea, and I feel great about it. You know, yeah, like it's yeah. it's it's really you know I I love that about the sort of creative leadership culture here. It's not. Um, I don't think people feel scared to yeah, show yeah. work, even you know, even when your work's lousy, which I've yeah, certainly yeah. Had and, and been told, yeah. like you know, I don't feel. Uh, you know, like it's punitive. I, I mean, like and I think that's that's you know, to me, and that's the skill of being a, a, a good creative director is do it without make without being an asshole. Like you don't have to yeah. just you, just, <laughs> you don't yeah. have to knock them down and make them feel like crap. Like yeah. make make people excited about what you've suggested, and they want to go away and go, oh yeah, that's such a good idea. Like I can yeah. make this better, and uh, yeah, and, and Bruno's brilliant at that, and the yeah. best directors are to me. Oh. I like hearing that. Um, so, Matt, is there something that we submitted this year that you, you know, you thought it was going to win and it didn't, you know, you're, you're just, boy, I, I, that one got away. Like, is there a, is there one? You yeah. Think I mean, there is, there is. It's, uh, I mean, it's, it did win. It just didn't win as much as I thought it would, <laughs> um, which was um, the, uh, the CO2 inhaler for AstraZeneca. Ah, okay. Yeah. Which, I, I mean, when I first saw that, I loved that idea because just the simplicity of, using the problem to fix to be the solution i just thought was so smart um and it was such a simple thought i mean it was hard to do because we had we had to uh you know find all these uh chemists etc to make yeah. the plastic etc and i i did think that uh, i mean a, quite a few different jurors sort of uh wrote to me along the way uh, throughout the year going can't believe that didn't do uh huh. better you know that was in my mind that was a grand prix and um and it definitely won, you know, it sort of fluctuated between um, bronze and silver in most yeah. of the big shows, but it didn't really do that well in Cannes. Um, so, you know, that that was disappointing. And I I think I, I think looking at it now, what I realise, again, I don't think it's the idea. I think we, because we released it before we'd released it to the, uh, like we'd made the prototypes, et cetera but we hadn't kind of put it out in the world as much as we'd wanted to because we were running behind on PR. And I think the case study study would have been so much better if it had had a response from the world in it. Interesting. You know, in, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it would have given it a bit more stature and a bit more scale. Yep. So, you know, that was probably, you know, I'll, I'll take responsibility for that because we sort of wanted to get it into Cannes and probably we should have waited another year and said, all right, uh -huh. let's get it out in the world. Um, and let's get a quote from Time magazine saying something incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think it would have made the difference. But uh, you know, that one that that hurt because I, I love the idea. Mm. Mm. Gotcha. Um, all right. Well, I got a wrap up question I want to hit you with, and I, it's just uh, we try to end these with a. I'm sure you listen to them. Uh, just sort of a. Is there a fun story? Do you have a? You know, uh, just kind of a best story, best memory, best uh, crazy thing that happened at an award show or um, something come to uh, mind there. Uh, dear me, at an award show. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I've got <laughs> I've got an interesting story that ended up uh, getting the work to do an award show, which which is, again, a client story. But it was uh, okay. it's, um, and I can talk about it because it's years ago and I've talked about it before. But I was. Uh, I was working, uh, leading McDonald's uh, out of Australia. Okay. Um, and, uh, you know, again, amazing piece of business to, to, to work on. And we'd done a brand new campaign, which was pretty different to what they'd been doing. 
And the client, you know, the client was great. She'd approved it, the whole thing. We shot uh, seven spots. Um, and I took the rough cuts to the client uh, when they were done. And uh, she sort of, when I showed them, she had this kind of sullen look on her face. And she said out of the gate, she said, that will go to air over my dead body. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. Like, really? <laughs> so you hate it? Is that absolutely hated it like hated it and i was like oh my god what am i gonna do like we've just spent all this money we've shot it it's done uh and and actually i the work is great but but the problem was uh we the way we showed food in the ads was kind of irreverent you know you know typical mcdonald's ads you know the food's always like beautifully held by perfect hands and the bite yeah. is precise and we were showing food being sort of like someone with a fistful of fries, like just like shoving it down their throat. So her feeling was it's just irreverent. We would never show our food like that. So she was like, it'll go to air over my dead body. So I had to get her from that to we'll go to air with, we've got to get this on. Oh and God. it was, it was just like, talk about an impossible task, but it ended up with me. I said, look, let's, this was the CMO. I said, let's you and I uh, go, let's meet tomorrow. We'll go for breakfast and I'll tell you why I think the work is great. And, and was, you know, we were talking about trust before, and it came down to that. It ended up this breakfast ended up with the two of us holding hands across oh the God. table, and her crying, me with a tear in my eye, like I believe you, I believe in you. <laughs> let's do it. Let's go for it. And she said, "Look, I'm you know I'm skeptical, but uh, let's put it to air." And I'm like, "Okay." Um, and and it did go on to be incredibly successful, and it won a bunch of awards. And uh, ironically, uh, it was very rare for work to, that was made in Australia to be picked up by other countries. But that work was picked up and run in 30 different countries around the world. And so, you know, she became a, a bit of a celebrity as a result of that work, wow. uh, which was an amazing journey, you know. And, and But she was uh, wonderfully gracious about it and sort of said, you know, I eat my hat because you, uh, you know, you you convinced me that we were doing the right thing, and it was because you believed we did, we were doing the right thing, and you know, now yes, with all my confidence back, I love the work and it's brilliant. So, uh, you know, that was that was wow. a, an interesting sort of journey from that's, that's never going to see the light of yeah, um, and that was probably the toughest moment I've ever had of like how you know. I've had nervous clients before, but never one that said that go to air over my dead body. So. Wow. <laughs> That's but, amazing. Uh, yeah. Amazing. Um, very cool. All right, Matt. Well, I'm going to wrap us up, I guess. Um, but I really, uh, I've had a lot of fun. The time flew. Yeah, no, thanks and, for the uh, chat. And I feel like I got some... Uh, some pointers for how to get one through you. So that's a, yeah, yeah that's don't be an too. asshole. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll work on that. Yeah. yeah. Um, cool. All, all right. right man. Well, thanks. Well, thanks, thanks a lot. Good to speak. That's all we've got for today. You can subscribe to Truth Well Spoken on your podcast network of choice and let us know what you'd like to hear on a future episode by emailing podcast at mccannhealth.com. Some news about my fellow podcast producers. Abby Nyken just got married and is now officially Abby Daly. Congratulations, Abby. And we're saying goodbye to the amazing Steve Hoffman, as this will be his final episode as producer of the podcast. This episode was edited by Andy Fontana. Until next time, I'm Matt Silver, and this has been Truth Well Spoken. <laughs>